Welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I am joined as always by Ela Crane. And we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. There are a few different ways you can get in touch with us and have your voice be part of the show. One is through the Peaceful Ease hotline, which is open 24-7, 365. Give us a call. Leave any of your thoughts, ideas, anything you want to share, questions, anything you want to share with Ela, 424-625-5562 is that number. Again, 424-625-5562. You can also email us. Our email address is podcast at peacefulease.com. And you can also check out Ela online. Peacefulease.com is her website. Ela, it's so great to be back with you. Hi, Mario. How are you? I'm doing great. How's everything? And you're still in Mallorca, I see. Yeah, exactly. But it's coming towards the end of my stay here. And I'm going to miss this place. It's been a beautiful retreat. And the biggest challenge I had was like the internet and the phone connection, phone reception not working, which turned out to be a blessing in so many ways because I had to really turn inwards and spend time with myself more than I expected to do so. That's an ongoing theme with you, it seems like, over the past six months or so is really taking that time to turn inwards and spend time with yourself and whether it's something you choose to do or you know, the universe chooses it for you, it seems. It's a combination of both. I think when I arrived in Switzerland this summer, I wanted to do this, but I didn't think it was possible. Like I had already booked my flights back to LA to be there in September. But I thought maybe until September I can do that. And it just, things opened up very easily. And deep inside, I knew I wanted to turn in maybe for that was a desire, like a year or a year and a half. But I thought, no, I couldn't do that. There's no way I could do that. Somehow it's happening, you know, considering that it's been six months. I don't know if I could keep it to a year, but I'm thinking of after Christmas, maybe continuing in Italy, going to Sicily, enjoying the nice weather there, and maybe spending two months there before I go to India in April, where again, it will be with my teacher, Thaisi to Rinpoche. So that will be a continuation of that. I hope I can continue to do this at least a year. It's a kind of informal retreat and it's really opening new things for me that I wanted to get to, but I didn't think I would just yet. Well, for people who maybe have just discovered the podcast, we talked about this earlier when we launched it, but every April you go to India 
for a certain period of time to study meditation, correct? And different things like that. Tell us to just get them caught up because you're going to be back there in April. And I think that's a really big deal because it's something that you've really dedicated yourself to over the past five to 10 years. Yeah, exactly. So it was supposed to be five years. So every April we meet in India, in Delhi, with my teacher, who is a Buddhist monk from Tibet, Thayasitu Parimpoche. And he, along with the Dalai Lama, he lives in India, in Himachal Pradesh. And he has a big monastery there. And he teaches a thousand people. These are like hand-picked people. You couldn't just enroll. You had to be recommended by your teachers to be a part of this course. And I was so lucky to join, actually, thanks to my teacher, Lama Yeshe Rinpoche. And I joined on the third year. I was already very late to attend. They accepted me and they said it's going to be a five-year course. Now it's six years and people say it's going to be 10 years overall because there's so much to cover. And it's about everything in the sense that it's about meditation, it's about mindfulness, it's about ethics, it's about so many different practices from breathing to energy um, to the basics of hygiene, nutrition, everything. But it's not in the Western sense of like, okay, we have this diet to recommend. It's more like in the East, like they look at things more like a medicine, you know, it's a tool to heal. And what are the options here that we have? And what are the, like fasting is a big theme, so how to do this right, how to set your intentions correctly when you start these practices. And it's beautiful. I really am super lucky. There are not many Westerners among those thousand people. So I'm really lucky to be a part of it. So there's a thousand people that are going through this with you? Mm -hmm. It's 900 something people. Yeah, they come every year. And the energy is beautiful. It's a big, big hall like in a very nice hotel again that's my luck because the first two years it was done in Bodgaya under the heat in a very small place so people were apparently like almost like fainting because of dehydration and heat and they switched to a nice hotel the year I joined so I'm very lucky <laughs> and you go into this beautiful hall the teacher's energy is there no matter what 24 7 and you can go like an hour before and people just go into the room and sit. And sometimes I walk in, there's like, there are 900 people in a huge room. Nobody talks. Everyone is with a peaceful expression sitting, you know, quietly meditating, waiting, observing. And it's so easy to meditate in that energy, in that atmosphere. So... Yeah, I look forward to it. I think I'm partially missing that ease, the support from these people and my teacher, yeah. How do you think that experience will change this year? Because I know last year when you went, you were going from the hustle and bustle in LA to this retreat in India. And now this year you've been spending time you know, in Switzerland and now Mallorca and then going to Italy. How do you think the experience is going to differ coming from that environment as opposed to coming from LA last year? I assume, I guess, it will be easier to adapt to that energy, like that peaceful, quiet energy, because the year before, so this is going to be my third year now, 
I was in Scotland in my main teacher's Lama Yeshe's monastery for two weeks or so. And then I went to India to the teachings and then I went to Himachal Pradesh and met the Dalai Lama. So it was like a six-week event for me, a lot of meditation and relaxation. And that was a very different experience than last year where I went there for two weeks and it was I arrived on the day the teaching started and I left on the day the teachings ended so and I felt like I couldn't really it was still super useful but I felt like okay I couldn't really reach that depth that I could the year before so having this almost a year of retreat if I can manage it until April and you know I start in June I already feel the change and I already feel like Sita Rinpoche is working on us and with us already before the event. <laughs> um, I had a dream the other day. I saw him preparing for something, him and all the monks and, you know, everybody's a volunteer in this organization. And I was thinking, oh, what are they preparing for? Is it the event? And I thought, oh, no, Sita Rinpoche is preparing already to work on us, you know, <laughs> or his energy is already reaching out to kind of put us in the right space. So by the time we arrive there in India, we are able to connect easily. Well, I'm sure it'll be another great experience. I mean, you always come back. I noticed last year when you came back and we did our first meeting after that, you just had this kind of calmness and glow that, you know, you always have, but it was even more amplified from being in that environment mm -hmm. and the excitement of that. So that's something I just wanted to make sure the listeners understood when they heard you going to India. This isn't something that you're just doing. It's something that you have been doing. You're going to continue to do because you're in this program, which is a really, really cool thing to be a part of because there's so few people that actually do this and make that commitment for this. Ex and first of all, get accepted and offered to be part of this mm -hmm. and then make the commitment to actually do it. So it's really, really exclusive and really cool to have you do that and then be able to share it with us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Mario. It's not like sightseeing or backpacking in India. That's also cool, but it's more like I go to this event and that's it. It's all about the event. And even if I leave to do some things, the event is with me, like leaving with me. And that's so typical for my teacher that his energy is very equally distributed, but everywhere at the same time. Because when I went to his monastery in Himachal Pradesh, it's a huge monastery. It's beautiful. There's like a hospital, there's a university within the monastery land. And I don't know, like hundreds, if not thousands of monks and people living there and studying there and receiving treatments there. And there's like a guest house that you can go and stay. You don't have to be a part of this community or there are like meditation courses, so much happening. It's like a whole little world, you know. But as soon as you enter that space, you feel a change in the energy in a positive way. And that is a very clear bubble, you know, it's almost like these things, you know, that during the Christmas, these glass souvenirs that you have, there's snow in there, you shake it and like... Snow globes. Yeah, exactly. It's like that. You enter it and the energy is different, but it's equally different everywhere. It's good because it's like you're being worked on everywhere, <laughs> but then there's nowhere to escape. Like you can go to the meditation hall, 
and the energy is there. You feel like Sita Rinpoche. Like he's like a surgeon. He's very quick, but he knows exactly what you need and he gives that to you and he's out. But you go to your room, he's there. You go to the meditation hall, the gardens, everywhere. It's like this beautiful energy. And he does the same in India when we meet. His presence can be felt everywhere. And I feel like even though we are in a five-star hotel, everyone changes. I've been there before, sometimes the event or after the event. I stayed a week longer. And I feel the energy changes so much that even the employees and everyone, they are super friendly, but everyone becomes even more optimistic or friendly or helpful. So it's amazing. And he can do that just with his presence. And that's our potential. I truly believe that each of us have that potential just to radiate such peace and serenity and joy just with our presence. And I think, too, that can kind of bring us back full circle because we've been talking on the podcast about emotions. And, you know, that leads us into today. I mean, being able to meditate like that and to influence everyone around you with just your presence and your energy, that shows such mastery and control. You have to be able to control your own emotions to be able to even get to the point where you begin to do that. And so, you know, since we've been talking about emotions, I know one of the things you wanted to talk about today is the ABCs of emotions. Mm -hmm. So maybe we can get into that for a few minutes as we discuss this topic and see where that takes us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the right word there is more like instead of control, like having a distance. Because most of the time, and this could be the A maybe, most of the time when we feel an emotion, we identify with it. Like Clive says, Clive Holmes, which I think whom we quote every episode now. And I hope to have him as a guest because he is coming to visit me in Mallorca and I'm hoping we can record some of our conversations here. So when we feel an emotion, we identify with it saying, I'm angry or I'm jealous or I'm disappointed. Whereas I think what meditation does is it gives this distance so that you can see the emotion without really buying it. And it allows you to choose whether you want to buy it or not. So you can feel what you feel. It's fine. It's not like you're numb to feeling. You can be angry, but you can think, okay, exactly why am I angry? Is this perspective right? Is it really what's happening here? Is it like, am I angry because I feel like I'm victimized? Am I angry because I feel this is unfair? Am I angry because I had expectations from this person and they're not fulfilled? So it's more like a selfish ground. Like what is happening here? And once you understand that, you also have the option to say, okay, I'm going to express this anger like this, without hurting, without speaking harshly, without breaking the other person's heart, but being truthful to the way I feel. So what I learned is like, rather than control with emotions, if you can get that distance between you and the emotion, that changes so much in one's life and relationships. That's such a great point. And I think too, that it has to do with the way we communicate it as well. Because when we say I am angry, as opposed to I am feeling angry, mm -hmm. I think that makes a difference with how we identify slash identify with the emotion. Because if we feel a certain way, we can always change how we feel. 
I mean, maybe not right now in the current moment, but over the course of time, we have the ability to decide and to change how we feel. But if we say, I am, it's a little harder to change who you are than it is to change how you feel. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's like I mentioned this before briefly, but it's very easy to trigger emotions. Like I can do that with you right now and with our listeners too. If you just close your eyes and for a moment let the sentences I'm going to share with you have an impact on you, you don't have to describe the impact to yourself or to anyone. Just let it happen. Just feel what I'm going to say and see what it does to you. For instance, your colleagues at work think that you're doing an amazing job and that you deserve a promotion and they are preparing a surprise party for your birthday. Another example, your mother thinks you could have done better in life and that she's slightly disappointed in you. Another example, your partner is very happy in your relationship and she's very grateful or he's very grateful to have you as a partner. And just see what's happening in you when you hear these sentences, even if they're not applicable, even if you don't have colleagues or if your mother passed away or if you don't have a partner right now, these words will do something because that's how we are wired, that's how we are programmed to respond emotionally. And that's it. It's like anyone can create emotions. You can do it to yourself, you can do it to others. It's so easy and we do it all the time. Every time we speak, like I just created a bunch of emotions. Since we started this episode, we all, including me, felt so many emotions from excitement to going to India with these exercises and thinking about how we treat emotions and everything. And that's it. It's just emotions are like a river running past but it's not us. And understanding that we don't have to jump in the river each time, every second, that we can sit next to it and watch the river flow by. It's been a life-changing experience for me. All great stuff, Eli. I love that exercise because it shows in real time. They're little things because you're just, you're imagining these certain circumstances, but even the imagination brings up the emotions, just like if you were experiencing it right now in real life. And that's the power of imagination and the power of emotion. But, you know, you just demonstrated how fast you can change your emotions, exactly. how fast you can experience something, and then you can choose the way you want to feel. Yeah. And that's the A for the ABC of emotions. And B would be that emotions don't have to make sense. So what we exercise right now is like, okay, I give you some bad news that your mother thinks you're a disappointment and it triggers negative emotions. I mean, negative 
in that sense that we experience something maybe like a narrowing in the chest or something stuck in our thought. So the experience is negative. But emotions, they don't have to be labeled as negative and positive. That's one thing. And they don't have to make sense. So for instance, you can just see someone eating at a restaurant and they can be eating loudly or something and get annoyed with it and get frustrated. And you may even think like, oh, so what? It doesn't make sense, but I'm annoyed. But, you know, why am I annoyed? I don't know. And it's okay. It could be the smallest, tiniest thing that, and we all have that, you know, like could be bad phone signal giving you a headache, you know, like, oh, you know, you can't reach, you have an important call. And the reaction can be just too much and it's fine. So we don't have to kind of try to edit our emotions with our logic because there are different frequencies. Emotions don't have to make sense. Generally, our minds interfere saying, oh, you're overreacting, you're underreacting and, and tries to edit how we feel, but it's not necessary. And that happens a lot when I ask people, how are you? People without feeling anything, they say good. And that's why once I mentioned this exercise, ask again, how are you for real? And most of the time people are speechless because they don't check regularly how they feel. And if they feel bad and they don't know why, they are not willing to say that because they feel like it's irrational. But emotions are by nature irrational because it's not coming from ration, it's coming from our hearts. It's about feeling and anything can give us a feeling. The bad weather can give us feelings. So it's like we can just see the river and not buy it, not jump into it. So it's the same thing again. We can just see the emotions passing by us and just leave the gates open so they come and go, but we don't identify. And finally, I mentioned this, the C of emotions, ABC, would be that they're not good or bad. So we call these emotions, a bunch of them, like anger is bad, jealousy is bad, and then we block it. But if we could just be angry without tearing things apart, throwing chairs in the air, but express it, saying, this is how I feel, I feel frustrated, I feel angry, I feel cheated, I feel that this is unfair, I feel this is too much for me. And then say, can anyone help? Well, that's a different expression of anger, a healthier version. And then in that context, anger is not bad, anger is just how you feel. And it's just an emotion. And it could evolve, you know, if you express it, because it will just pass by, like the guest house by Rumi. As long as we don't block it, every emotion is here to pass by. And they are not good or bad. What we do with them is good or bad. So if you're angry and you're embarrassed to be angry or you don't want to be angry because you think it's a destructive, it's a bad emotion, then you suppress it and it shows up in other ways because you don't let it go through. And then you create this spiral. And I know people can be angry about being angry. And then it becomes this downward spiral that you get frustrated about being angry. And then that frustration creates another emotion that this is, you always do that and you start criticizing yourself and that just goes on and on and on. But you don't have to go into spirals, whether upwards or downwards, because it's just a river flowing. I won't be angry about being angry. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) 
But Ela, thank you so much. The ABCs of emotions. I think there's a lot here. And I think that this is an episode that if you're listening to it, you might want to go back and listen to it another time, two or three times to really understand the impact of emotions and how you can actually. One of my mentors told me in the past that it's not the first thing you feel, it's the second thing. Because when something happens to us, we tend to react. And that reaction, it's very difficult to control the initial reaction. Now, you can control it if you practice over time, like the way Ela does, where she meditates and she really focuses in on how she feels and identifies those emotions and identifies the different parts within her that are feeling those things. And so that's how you, over time, with a lot of focus and energy, you can control reactions. But in the real world, most of us who don't put in that work consistently like Ela does, we can't really control the reactions. They happen. But what we can do is as soon as the reactions happen, we can step back and say, okay, now how do I really want to react? How do I really want to feel? So it's really that second reaction or that second feeling that we get is really the most important because that's the one that we control. And this is what I think Ela is talking about is once you react, forgive yourself, give yourself that. Because typically our reactions are in the moment and they just happen and they're not anything that's really going to cause a lot of damage or destruction. So as long as we control them, as long as we step back and recognize them and then say, okay, now how do I really want to react? How do I really feel? And based on that, how do I want to feel? And then we make our decisions based on how we want to feel or what we want to achieve and then live life in that manner. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. I think it's great advice because if things happen, you're right. Like there's no point of saying, oh, I didn't do it the way Ella said. <laughs> it's more like, okay, I still have a chance. I have the second chance. I have the third chance to say, ah, oh, I'm sorry. I just reacted. I didn't mean to. I reacted. And now I can see the reaction and I can feel the true feeling. Can I try again? Can I try how to express my emotion without reaction this time? That's beautiful. So thank you, Mario. Yeah. That's something that's always stuck with me ever since I heard that is like, because you think about the little things during your day, like say you're driving down the street and someone cuts you off. Our initial reaction is probably to get really angry, to say some choice words and take it personally. But at the end of the day, if you step back and go, okay, I don't need to be angry about this. How do I really feel? You know, that person maybe is potentially trying to get to the hospital. Maybe their significant other wife is in labor and they're trying to get there to have a baby. Maybe their mother is sick and they're trying to see them for the last time. They probably didn't see you. It was probably an accident. So you can, from that perspective, say, it's okay. I can get through the rest of my day. Nobody got hurt. That's the most important thing. And now I feel grateful that that situation wasn't worse than it was. So you can go from anger to gratitude very quickly right there just by being aware. Mm -hmm. And it's a muscle that you need to practice. Yes, absolutely. So thank you so much, Hila, for everything you shared, the ABCs of emotion. I think this is a super, super powerful episode. So thank you for sharing all of that. I just want to remind everyone really quickly before we go that you can share with us any feedback or ideas or anything that this stirred within you, 424-625-5562 is the Peaceful Ease hotline number. Call us, let us know. A podcast at peacefulease.com is the email address. So go ahead and email us. Peacefulease.com is Ela's website. So go there, check out all things Peaceful Ease. Ela, thank you so much. As always, this has been a lot of fun and I can't wait for the next episode. Thank you, Mario. And thank you for listening, everyone. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. 
Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.